Everybody knows when you go to the show, you can't take the kids along. Drive in. You've got to read the paper and know the code of GPG. A lot more than a movie there. Then you got to know what the movie's about before you even go. Tech Critter's gone and Disney's dead and the screen is filled with sex. Drive in. A film from Columbia Pictures rated PG. Welcome to Monster Madness. Hello. And welcome to Monster Madness. This evening, I am your host, Terrifier, and we're talking about the spider, aka Earth versus the spider. It's under two different names. So when you look it up, it's either the spider from 1958 or Earth versus the spider from 1958. It's an hour and 13 minutes long. Here is the trailer. Thanks for listening to that trailer. Hopefully it didn't spoil nothing for you. It says, <coughs> excuse me, it says it's family, horror, sci-fi. And I guess it's family because uh, there's no swearing, there's no gore. You know, uh, your 13-year-old, 12-year-old could watch it. No problem. It stars Ed Kemmer. Who is Professor Art King, June Kenny, who is Carol Flynn, Eugene Pearson, who is Mike Simpson, Gene Roth is Sheriff Cagle, Hal Torrey, Mr. Simpson, June Jocelyn, Mrs. Jack Flynn, Mickey Finn is Sam Haskell, Sally Frazier is Mrs. Helen Kingman. Troy Patterson is Joe. Skip Young is Sam, the bass player. And Howard Wright 
is Jake. Bill Giorgio, Giorgio is Deputy Sheriff. Uh, Hank Peterson, Hugo, the janitor. And Jack Coslin, Mr. Frazier. And so on and so forth. Um, before I get into this movie, I want to let you know where you guys can find this podcast. And where you can reach out and send me any requests, any info about this movie or anything that you want to say about this movie or any uh, horror movies or sci-fi or B-movies that you watch, you can reach me at Midnight Movie Podcast page and there you'll get announcements of my other podcast which is General Horror Movies and announcements for uh, this movie podcast. Monster Madness, go over to the group page for Midnight Movie, that's where you can post anything horror, sci-fi, B-movie over there, any comments, suggestions, and just have fun over there, and that's where you can reach me on social, on Facebook, and love to hear your comments, thanks. So, The Earth versus the Spider... Is in is an independent movie from 1958, uh, black and white science fiction horror film, and produced and directed by Bert I. Gordon, who was born September 24th, 1922. Uh, let's see, he's a film director. Uh, spouse, his spouse is Flora Gordon, a.k.a. Flora Lang. Divorced, they divorced in 1979. Uh, they had three children. Um, most of Gordon's work is in the idiom of, of giant monster films, for which he used rear projection to create the special effects. He was nicknamed Mr. B.I.G., the Forrest J. Ackerman a reference to both his initials and his films tendency to feature supersized creatures. So rear projection is, in case any of you listeners out there don't know what it is, is one of many in, it's a uh, rear projection background, projection processes, photography, etc. is one of many in-camera effects Cinematic techniques in film production for combining foreground performances with pre-filmed backgrounds. It was widely used for many years in driving scenes or to show other forms of distant background motions. So that's how in this film, as you're watching it, you'll notice how the, the giant spider... Is actually a real uh, tarantula looking spider. So that's the what a rear, project, rear projection is. The title of this film suggests a global crisis. The film focuses entirely on a small town terrorized by a giant spider. So that's why they don't reference the rest of the country, the rest of the world. Like, there's more spiders out there. They don't represent anything. It's just 
strictly isolated to this town. Uh, the film stars Ed Kramer, June Kenny, and Eugene Pearson, like I said earlier. And it's music is by Albert Glasser, who was born January 25th, 1916 to May 4th, 1998 was a composer, conductor, and arranger of film music primarily in the realm of B-movies during the 1940s and 50s and 1960s. He scored approximately 200 films during his career. That's a whole lot of films. Many for American International Pictures and director Bert I. Gordon for the U.S. War Department. Glasser composed for Frank Cap. Special Service Unit and for Office of War Information Radio Shows for overseas broadcasts. For television, he composed the score for the early western The Cisco Kid. For the radio, he composed scores for Hopalong Cassidy, Clyde Betty, and Tarzan. Glasser joined ASCAP in 1950s and his popular song. Compositions include Aruba, Aruba, The Cisco Kid, Someday and I Remember Your Love. In addition to his composition work, Glasser was an amateur radio operator. So that's who did the music. Uh, the movie was released September of 1958. Runtime is 73. Three minutes long. Country United States is in English. And they made it for $100,000. Which is very well done. I would have to say for $100,000 they did a very well good job with it. So the plot for this movie is Jack Flynn is driving down a highway at night. Looking at a bracelet he bought his teenage daughter, Carol, for her birthday. When his truck hits a massive spider thread, the next morning Carol is concerned that her near-do-well near father did not come home. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> home that night before she convinces her boyfriend, Mike, to assist in search. Oh, Mike, would you assist? Would you help me out and look for my father? She convinces her boyfriend Mike to assist in a search. They find his crashed truck and the bracelet. So they he doesn't come home. He's basically gone missing. So Carol and Mike, the two main high schoolers, go looking for him. As they're going down the road, they stop because they see this big old, big, huge, like, rope-like string across the road. So Mike is touching the string, the rope, as what you think it is, what you think it would be. And like, this is strange, odd, it's kind of sticky, and he's following along with it, and down on the side of the road, down there, they see the truck. And lo and behold, it's her father's truck. But they find the bracelet, but they don't see the father. So... Mike is like, well, maybe he got hurt and had to wanted to get somewhere to safe to for the night, and he looks over and there's the cave. 
So he's like, well, maybe he went in the cave to seek shelter. So this movie has two story storylines to it. It basically takes place, the basic story is her father, is one story where they're trying to find her father. So that's much of the beginning parts of the movie. The other story is the big giant spider. So you get two stories intertwined together. Find his crash truck and the bracelet, thinking he may have taken shelter in a nearby cave. They investigate in the darkness of the cave. So they're going through the cave, all the cave systems, and it's very dark. They don't have a flashlight because they weren't expecting to, you know, it's daylight when they were looking for, for her father. They weren't expecting to go inside of a cave, mind you. And this is a di before the days of a cell phone or any of that. And he didn't have, you know, a flashlight in his glove box just in case something were to happen at night, break down and need a light for something. Nope. So as they're walking, uh, Carol's like, oh, and she falls off the ledge. And so does Mike fall off the ledge onto this spider-like web. It looked like a... um. The, the web, when you see it, it looks like one of those jungle gym um, rope sections where it's squares. It's all ropes made into squares and you got to put your feet in it and climb up. It looks just like that, dangling down there. And they step off the ledge and fall onto the gigantic web of enormous tarantula. Of an enormous tarantula. A web of an enormous tarantula. So... It's a big, huge tarantula, and they've fallen in the web. It's not, not uh, extremely sticky where they, like, get completely stuck. They, they have to struggle a little bit to get back out, or they could go through the holes because the holes are big enough that they can squeeze through it and go down to the bottom, which uh, the tarantula emerges to attack them. So before... The tarantula comes to attack. You hear this screeching, scream-like sound, which I don't know what a tarantula really sounds like, but it made a god-awful screechy sound. So if you don't like uh, nails on a chalkboard or high-pitched sounds, it's going to bother you. That's a bit of a warning. It's going to definitely, definitely bother you. They escape and make it back to town. So the, the giant spider, you see it, superimposed giant spider, rear projection giant spider, and it actually is a real spider. And they manage to climb back up, climb back out, and make it out of the, the cave and make it back to town. The sheriff does not believe Carol and Mike about the giant spider. What a shocker. Nobody's going to believe you. Listeners, do you think that if something strange or bizarre like that, if you got abducted by an alien or, or something that you go tell the authorities or whatever, that they're going to believe you? No. They're going to think you're loony. Back then, you're liable to be locked up in the loony bin. Uh, like you're crazy. Uh, 
but their science teacher, Mr. Kingman, persuades him to return. The sheriff does not believe Carol and Mike about the giant spider, but their science teacher, Mr. Kingman, persuades him to return to the cave with large amounts of DDT. So they ended up uh, telling their science teacher about it, and the sheriff didn't believe him, so he told the science teacher. So the science teacher is like, well, maybe I can persuade him. So he goes there and persuades, persuades the sheriff to return to the cave with large amounts of DDT, which we don't use that anymore today, but they use a um, ton of DDT. They find Jack's body drained of fluids. The body looked very well. Very well good, very well done special effect. It's um, black and white film, and that hides a lot of imperfections and flaws in the, the movie, which is good. Sometimes see these in crystal Blu-ray quality, eh, if you just take the film as it is and um, make the brightness a little bit better so when it's Darker scenes, it's not as completely dark. And drain the fluids and sprays DDT throughout the cavern to flush out and then kill the spider. So that's the plan to spray all the DDT. They put their masks on, spray all the DDT to flush it out and to kill it. Well, I don't know why you'd want to flush it out in case it doesn't die. It now has left the cave when you know it's in the cave. You want to kill it, right? When you want to kill it in the cave and keep it in the cave, just in case it comes after you and is not dying because it's taking a little bit of time for the DDT to work. Or it doesn't, and it runs amok through the town. The apparently lifeless body of the spider is taken back to town. So they think, now, they think that they killed the spider. So they take it back to town, to the high school gym. So they take the, this lifeless body that they think is dead, and they put it in the gymnasium. And they just put those ropes, you know, like you do at like the old time movie theaters and when you go see plays, you know, the stands with the velvet ropes connected. That's all they did. And the body looked very well, very well, very well done. You can see the little hairs on it and everything. It looked very, very well done. Uh, where Kingman wants to study it. So he wants to study it, the science teacher, and find out how it became giant. What caused it to be a giant spider? Was it science gone wrong? Dun dun dun. Or was it nuclear waste? Man's always tinkering, always tinkering, and chemical spills from nuclear power plants. You know, you get. Three-eyed fishes, like on The Simpsons, you know, you get Toxic Avenger, you know, you get all these creatures that are mutated because of toxic waste or, or 
A creature getting escaping because science gone wrong. Concerned that whatever conditions created it may produce a whole race of giant spiders. A group of teenagers uses the gym to practice rock and roll. So they asked the janitor to go in there because they wanted to practice a drama club. Their music for the drama club. Because they're the band and they want to practice it. And the janitor's like, of course, no. Absolutely not. The big old giant spider's in there and blah, blah, blah. But they keep on and he's like, okay, okay, fine, fine. So they go in there, practicing their numbers, whatever. And to play for the high school dance, rock and practice, rock and roll numbers they are doing to play for a high school dance. But they're drama. They're also a drum from drama club too, playing for the high school dance. And another group of kids hear this music and they go in there, and then they start dancing. So now you got a now you got a bunch of people, a bunch of high schoolers in there. The music awakens the spider. And it crashes through the wall of the gym. So as they're playing, you see the tentacle moving. And the spider starts to come alive. Come alive. And the girl starts screaming. Ah! And they all run out and everything. And everybody runs out of the gym. The janitor quickly sh shuts the door and locks it. Meanwhile, the spider is crawling through the, to the door. And... Bashes on the wall, and you start seeing the wall crumble and crash. And it crashes through the wall of the gym. Janitor stopping to call the sheriff is killed. So, mistake one stopped at that point to call the sheriff. And then mistake number two is he backed up to the corner of a wall and the door to the outside and uh didn't proceed to exit stage left or exit stage right whichever it is but exit and get the heck out of there he's like oh and it's slow slow moving in on him you know type of thing and they're all slow death and he's dead you know I would have just been like, Psh, I ain't calling the sheriff. I'll find a, I'll find some other phone somewhere else. I'm getting the heck out of here. I don't know about you listeners, but I bet many of, sorry, I bet many of you listeners would uh, just been like, you they would have been screaming and everything, and they would have been left, and you would have found out that the spider came alive. I would have shut that door, locked it, and gone out with them. I wouldn't have stayed in there. Heck no. Ain't that dumb? The spider terrorizes the town, killing a number of people before heading to Kingman's house. Attacking his wife and son, Kingman in his car gets the spider's attention and lures it outside of town before escaping and doubling back to confirm that his wife and son are safe. So he kind of does a heroic sacrifice to be like, I'm going to do this while you guys go over here and do that the spider is spotted returning to its cave the sheriff and kingman use dynamite to seal the spider in so before they blow it up blow up the entrance of the cave 
when Mike and Carol, earlier in the film, were fell down onto the spider web, Carol had her bracelet, and it fell through and down to the lower, lower bottom there. So they ended up going back to the cave, to where the spider web was, and Mike is like, maybe it fell down here. So they climbed down, threw it down there, they found it, and there's lots more cave tunnels, cave systems down there. So they're going through the cave systems and they're kind of getting lost. And then they end up finding their way back to where they had just came down from the spider web. And then you see the spiders coming again. And they are trying to use uh, the hatcher plan to uh, blow it up. And they don't realize that Mike and Carol are still in there until somebody comes and says, Mike and Carol are in there. And they're like, oh, crap. They already blew it up. So now they, they're trying to like, well, maybe if we unblow it up and blow up, blow, we blow up what we just blew up. And, and the dynamite expert's like, no, that's tons and tons of earth to move. That's going to take a long time to, to undo that. And then somebody's like, well, how about, what if we tunnel from the top down? Would that be quicker? And it's nighttime, so it takes them quite a while. And they finally do tunnel down into the cave. And they get a hold of Mike and Carol in the, the cave. So they hatched a plan because the science teacher was like, in the beginning, was doing a lecture in his class, high school classroom, about two electrodes. And that if you put the electrodes closer and closer together, the arc and, and the electricity gets stronger and stronger. So they get an electrician out to hook up a, a wire, hook up the wire system to the telephone pole there. And they put the wire all the way down and tell Mike and give him a, a rubber glove so he doesn't electrocute himself. And say, here, we need you to, to hold these and to electrocute the giant spider. So they tell the electrician, flip the power. And, and then he holds it up and zaps the spider and the spider screams and dies, dies. So the spider is dead inside the cave. They manage to bunch of them, crawl back down and help them get back out. And the science teacher is bummed because he didn't get to figure out how the spider became the spider. Kingman, however, Kingman fears that curious scientists may again dig up the spider in hopes of studying it. So he's hoping that one day that they'll go back into the cave system, get that spider and figure it out. But we don't know. We just don't know. This movie leaves a looming question at the end of the movie. For you listeners, you're going to be like, I want to know. What was it? 
Was it science gone wrong? Was it nuclear disaster? Was it nuclear waste? What was it? Or is it just they found a new new species? Or is it a species from an alien planet that's brought, that have been brought here? We don't know. We just don't know nothing. And it sucks. I was kind of bummed. But the end of it, it was bad. So this movie, the pacing of it is very well done. The effects, I thought were... were very well well done. They actually had a real life spider and it really looked like it was actually there. Well, one point it didn't. One point it, the effect you could clearly tell it was a rear projection because uh, I believe it was Kingman, uh, the science teacher, was in the sheriff's office looking out the, the door window and you see that like the, the street out there in the town, the street there, and to the corner to the right you could tell that the spider was going by, that it was a, like a big old giant screen, the spider like that, because it didn't look like it was, like you heard it crawling over anything, or any of that, or stuff like that. And in this movie, you get the standard, when the people in the streets see this big old giant creature, you get people getting out of the car, looking up at it, and screaming, and running. You get that classic, that classic you know, scare, the classic, oh, first time seeing the creature in the street, everybody gets out of the cars, turns, looks, they start screaming, and then everybody runs and tramples over each other. So, uh, there's some quotes from Earth versus the Spider that I thought was, was pretty cool. One was Sheriff Cagle to a deputy after finding a dis... Desiccated, okay, it says Sheriff Cagle, uh, the quote is, to a deputy after finding a desiccated body in a cave, uh, you get back to town and make up a coroner's report, just put down Jack Flynn as the name and the case of death, uh, Mr. Kingman, it was a spider drained all the liquid out of his body, Sheriff Cagle. Officially, officially, just put down cause unknown and let the coroner worry about the rest. That's the trouble with you eggheads. You jump to conclusions. I know what I see, and I see a dead man, but uh, I don't see any spider. There's some facts about this movie that I found. In one scene... One of the teenagers is seen with issue number one of Famous Monsters of Filmland. So some of you may be old enough to know what that is, to know, to know about that. And then the other one is Paul Blaisdell had created a small makeup appliance about the size of weight and weight of a postage stamp. Meant to go on the live tarantula's back to make it look like it had eerie cat-like eyes, but this was never used. I guess because it would have been kind of harder to do because they never really show the top of the spider, really. They just, spiders walking and you see the side profile of the spider. The last of Bert I. Gordon's giant special effects features from the 1950s 
he would not do another until 1965's Village of the Giants. Well, that's a bummer, but apparently he did Village of the Giants. This one, this film was one of many films featured in the third season of the movie Mocking Television show Mystery Science Theater 3000. Of course, I wouldn't expect it not to be. I'm surprised it isn't on the new or the more recent Rift Tracks. A short clip of this film can be seen on one of the television sets in the 2002 Disney film, the animated film, Lilo and Stitch. So they actually had that in there. Shown on the MeTV show Spangooly on December 25th, 2021. So you may have seen that episode or may be able to find it. So that's the movie. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for keeping horror and sci-fi alive, one episode at a time.